so uh, you've joined us for our first week of a two-week uh, sermon series on vision. So what we believe God has in store for us uh, for 2024. Uh, so we're going to jump into that uh, now. So why don't we open up our Bibles to uh, the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 4. So the Gospel according uh, to Mark, chapter 4, verses 1 uh, to 9. Mark chapter 4, verses 1, and we'll read verses all the way up to uh, verse 9. All right, I'll read it for us. Uh, please follow along uh, as I read. Uh, Mark chapter 4. Again he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it didn't have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the word of God. Uh, thanks, Daniel. Uh, good to see everyone. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, as Daniel shared, uh, this week and next week, uh, we're talk- talking about our, our, our vision or our yearly theme. Um, the area where I felt like it would benefit you and me and us together uh, from being challenged in. Right? An area where we could maybe grow in, a area that if we um, you know, really honed into, we would see much fruit. And we tend to come back to that theme uh, throughout the year, uh, whether we remember or not. Uh, so last year was uh, Walking with God. And we came back to that in different forms throughout the year. A lot of the, the sermon series had a title, something about walking. And so this year, the theme that um, I've... Oh, there it is. Okay. The surprise was uh, we want to seek first the kingdom. We want to seek first the kingdom. This is from Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 33, and I'll preach on this passage next week. Uh, but in Matthew 6, 33, uh, Jesus says, uh, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Right? Put the kingdom first. And really, uh, in a nutshell, what this means is to place Christ and his will for your life as first priority. That's it. Everything else in life and all the other loves and all the other you know, temptations and my time and energy can go into all these other things. But it is Christ and his kingdom that I'm going to place first. Right? That's going to show up in you know, your, what's moving your heart. It's going to show up in how you spend your time. It's going to show up in the church right? and your commitment to church. Right, to seek first the kingdom. And so we're going to kind of uh, focus on this throughout the year. But today I wanted to focus on your heart. 
Uh, before we do anything and before we commit to anything, before we, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to do this in, at work, I want to do this at church, uh, I thought it would be important for us to look within and just to check where our hearts are. Because before we really commit to the kingdom, our hearts need to be ready. Our hearts need to be good soil, as we heard from Mark 4, to commit to the kingdom. We need a heart that is healthy, that is receptive, that will receive the word and that God would be able to work in so that then fruit might be born and we would go all out for him and his kingdom. And so today we want to focus on this parable. Now in this parable, uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, the, there's a sower and the sower goes out and he scatters seed. But depending on the kind of soil that the seed falls on, the seed either has zero you know, effect or it grows for a little and dies, or it grows but then gets choked out, or one of them, it bears a lot of fruit. Now, I just want to explain in this uh, parable you know, how it relates to us. So who is the sower? The sower is anyone that teaches uh, the Word of God. And so it could be Jesus in, in, in uh, the Gospels, but then his disciples. It could be me right now as I, as I teach or preach, and I'm scattering seed in a sense. Or when you gather for growth groups, one-to-one you know, Bible reading, right? you, are, you are the sower, right? the word is being sown. And so the seed then, in verse 14, Jesus describes the seed is the word. It's the word of God going out. And so in this instance, as I teach the word, I'm, I'm scattering seed, right, in a sense. In your growth groups, right, as you share God's word, seed is being flung around. When you evangelize to someone, right, you're trying to uh, let the seed, the word of God, uh, make an effect in their life. And the soil then that the seed lands on is our hearts. Right? This is how Luke explains it when he recounts this parable. He calls it our hearts. And so the four different soils that we see in this parable depict the four types of hearts that we might find here in this room. And so there's a good chance that your heart right now aligns closely to one of these soils. And so the question for us is, which one sounds like me? Which soil in this parable sounds like the state of my heart? Right? So that's the challenge and the takeaway that I want you to have today. We're just going to go through each of these types of soils or the type of hearts and to be challenged, hopefully, right, to have a good heart. The first is there is the sealed heart. In verse 3 to 4, Jesus says this, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. When Jesus talks about the seed falling on path, uh, it's not like a cement sidewalk like we're used to. You know, this is the path, let's walk along it next to the road. The path was just like soil. It was like dirt. Uh, but back then, um, you know, if people kept walking the same road over and over again, the same piece of soil, and feet are trampling on it over and over again, the, the top layer of that soil would harden. And it, it looked different from the soil that hasn't been stepped on. And so over time, that would become the path. And so when Jesus talks about the seed falling on the path, it's, it's soil with a hard outer layer right, that's been compressed. It's like you, you, you layered like a, a thin layer of cement over it or something. You, you put a lid on the soil. It's so hard that when the seed falls on it, that there's no opportunity for it to take root. Jesus says that the birds came and they, they devoured the seed. It lands there and sits there. It, it has no uh, opportunity to make a difference and the, the bird comes and eats it. And Jesus explains later in verse 15 
that the bird is Satan. He comes and he takes the word away as it lays over our heart. Now what's being pictured for us is a heart with a hardened outer layer over it. It is a sealed heart in a sense, where the word might be preached and shared and taught, but it just lays there on the surface and has no opportunity to make a difference, no chance. And Satan comes and he takes it away. Sometimes it feels like the battle is to get here. Right, to get to church. And, and if, if that was you and you were like, oh man, I don't know if I want to go to church today. It's so hot. And you know, maybe I'll go to the beach. And you know, maybe I'll just have a sleep in. And you, and you really fought to get here. Right? If that's you, I want to commend you. Because right? I know sometimes it's tough to rock up to church. You know, for me. <laughs> I'm just and yet, though it may be hard to get here, it's not enough just to be here. And that's what Jesus is saying. You could be right here where the seed is being scattered. You could drag yourself to growth group and feel pretty good about yourself. And maybe you should feel you know, pretty good about yourself for getting there. And yet you could be in the presence where seed is being scattered and your heart is kind of so hardened that though you're in the presence of the word being shared, it, it won't make a difference. Just because of the state of your heart. Now, God can pierce the hardest of hearts if he wants Even those who are like, no, I don't want God. If God wants to, the word can pierce the heart and he can bring them to you. Yes and amen. And yet, oftentimes, the way God ordinarily works is that he waits for the soil to be soft. And so is your heart a hardened heart? Is it sealed off so that no matter what is taught, it simply won't make a difference? Now, there's a bunch of reasons why your heart might be closed off, why it might be hardened. I'll just go through a few of them. Maybe you have an apathetic heart. You're just, you're, just, you're just dull, you're numb. And you come to church out of habit or duty, maybe to meet friends. But you're just not interested and have no desire to meet God at all. Sometimes sin brings us to this place. We love our sin and we don't want to get closer to God because I'm afraid what God might say to me. So I'm just going to you know, kind of close myself off from God. And if you're in that place, there's a good chance that no matter what is shared here in growth groups and one-to-one, it won't make a difference to you. The word won't take root in your heart. Another reason is that maybe you're bitter. Maybe like the sealed path you've been stepped on over and over again from people, maybe someone in the community, maybe someone who stands at the front. I don't know if you've ever been at church where the person at the front you've got an issue with and it's really hard to like engage and you're just filled with so much kind of emotion, negative emotion. Maybe you feel wronged by people. Maybe you feel wronged by God. A bitter heart is often a sealed heart and you're unable to receive the word. Or C, a critical heart. You see the ABC here? A critical heart is a heart that is unable to hear. Sometimes it's due to pride. A prideful person who thinks they know the Bible well can be very critical of what is being shared, that they're unable to hear from God. Maybe you don't like their style. Again, maybe you don't like that person, but when you're critical, it's very difficult to hear from God. I remember when I first went to Bible college, every sermon I'd hear, I'd be busy critiquing. Right? I'll just be honest. It, it took a while for me to get out of it. And I think a lot of people who go to Bible college, they go through that. They're like, 
I study the Bible. I uh, in Greek. I I know these long words, and we sit there being like, mm, no, that's not no, in, in the Greek. And we criticize their, their, their preaching, their style, and where their hands are going. You're so busy criticizing the preacher, you can't listen to God's word itself. Or D, a distracted heart. Sometimes we rock up to church and we made it, yes, and that's good. But our mind is off with work or life or the things we're going to do after or the texts that are coming through or the social media that you're secretly looking at you know, while you're pretending to take notes. A distracted heart is like a heart that really won't be able to receive God's word. You know, when I used to pass the high schoolers, you know, um, I, like I'd see kids that would like look like they're not listening, and they'd be, they'd be talking and mucking around, and I grab them and I'd be like, "You weren't listening to my sermon." And I'd say, "What did I say?" And I found with high school students, it's really interesting. Uh, they're really good at pretending not to listen, but they are. And so I'd ask them, what did I say? And they just, they just tell me. But I found, even though that's what high school students are like, adults were the opposite. We're really good at pretending to listen, but we're not. Right? We're really good at like staring at the front and going, and our minds are off somewhere else. I think any of these hearts really is a sealed heart. And though we're here, and though it took a lot of effort to get here, if our hearts are closed off, if we're not leaning in, we won't. Let the word make a difference. We can hear, but what we really need to do is we need to listen. We need to listen and engage. We need to lean in and rid ourselves of any apathy or of any bitterness, of any criticism or distraction and allow God's word to pierce our hearts. You know, sometimes, uh, it's interesting, the, the sower sows the same seed through this parable. It's not the sower's fault that the seed doesn't take root. It's not the seed that's bad. It's the soil. Right? And sometimes, and I'm not trying to defend myself, but sometimes we're like, oh, you know, it's, it's the preacher. It's the sower. Right? Sometimes it's, it's the sermon. I, I didn't like it. It was boring. Now, and maybe it is. But in the parable, it's not the sower. It's not the seed. It is the soil. And maybe if you come to church and you don't take away much, maybe it's, not, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's not Daniel. It could be. And we're the first ones to you know, really criticize ourselves. But maybe it's your heart. Now, I, when I served in the Korean church, I served for uh, 10 years. And as a part of serving in the Korean church, I need to go to things that you know, I probably wouldn't choose to go to. And I'd have to go to Korean services a lot of times. And my Korean is um, pretty bad. And so I'd understand about 30% of what was preached. So I'd sit there because I have to, getting nothing out of it because I don't understand. If I sit through a Korean sermon, the first five minutes is me trying to figure out where in the Bible they're preaching from. That's how bad my Korean was. They'd they'd say we're going to some book of the Bible. And it sounds very different uh, sometimes from the English version. So I'd be like, I'd look at the person next to me, and it doesn't help because their Bible's in Korean. But I'd look at to see like how far into the Bible they are. Is it Old Testament, New Testament? And I'm trying to figure out. And even if I found the passage, like I'm understanding like every fifth word. But once I remember I was sitting through a New Year's Eve service, right? And so just imagine you're sitting through New Year's Eve, 
all your friends are <laughs> celebrating New Year's Eve. Um, you know, they're watching the fireworks, and I'm here in church. Now, I think it's like lovely that people get together to roll over the new year together under God. I think that's beautiful in a way, but I understand nothing, and I'm just there because I have to be. But I remember this one time, I was sitting through a New Year's Eve service, and I just decided, I'm, I'm going to engage. Like, I'm here anyway, right? Not celebrating, and in the middle of the service, you'll hear the fireworks go off behind you. But I'm here anyway, I'm going to do my best. And I remember I just changed my posture. I, I got to the edge of my seat. I focused 100%. I took out my Bible. I took out my notebook. And I was just really trying to engage. I'm understanding every fifth word. And it was like a puzzle. I'm trying to piece it together with a verse. And now I think he's saying this. And by the end of that sermon, I had pages of notes. I had some like deep thoughts. Like really like kind of revelation. I was like, wow, I I didn't see that before in the text. I wasn't even sure that's what he said. (laughs) But it didn't matter because I was engaging with God's word. And I left that day so convicted that maybe my failure to learn from God's word, to learn from other preachers, had nothing to do with the preacher or the sermon, but really had, had to do with me and my posture and my heart. As long as I have my Bible open and as long as I have my heart open, the Spirit of God can work between the two. And so, regardless of how bad the preacher or the sermon is, if our hearts are open, I believe God can speak to us. Seek first the kingdom of God and it begins here. Not just to rock up, but to engage and to allow our hearts to be soft to God's word. To not just hear, but to truly listen and to see where God will take us. The second soil that God, uh, Jesus talks about is the shallow soil, which is the shallow heart. Jesus says in verse 5, Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately, he says, it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. So this second soil is the opposite, really, of the first one. The first one, the seed falls and nothing happens. This one, the seed falls, and he says it immediately springs up. It's like a lot of activity. It's like you plant it, and the seed starts to grow. And on the surface, this soil actually looks the best out of the four. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of movement. And if you applied it maybe to us, it'd be like the Christian who's very active. It seems like they're seeking the kingdom first, more than everyone. You're like, wow, look at this person. They're at church all the time. They're serving in all these things. Wow, these people must really love God. This is the the scenario. And yet Jesus says in verse 6, When the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. The sun, it rises and it, it kills the seed from growing. It dies. Now the sun, Jesus explains in verse 17, is tribulation or persecution. It's difficulty and hardship in life because of life's events or because of my faith. Right? Sometimes life gets hard, you get sick, you know, trouble at work, or because you're a Christian, people challenge you and, and your faith, it struggles. Right? This is what's described. And this person who seems like they're seeking the kingdom first, more than anyone, they go through a situation and their faith, it withers away. They enter the workforce. And their faith, it withers away. Life gets hard. Their faith withers away. People get sick. Their faith is challenged. 
and it withers away. And maybe you know someone who once was so passionate and yet over time, for some reason, their passion died. And maybe they left the church. Maybe that's you. This is the shallow heart. Now why? What's the problem? The problem is not the sun. It's not the hardship and pain that comes into our life. No, the sun merely reveals the root problem, which is under the surface. Jesus tells us the rocky ground did not have much soil. He says it again. Since it had no depth of soil, and then verse 6, when the sun rose, it was scorched since it had no root. Right? That's the real problem. The problem is really what's going on in private. In public, this person is seek first the kingdom, but in private, it is shallow. And because it is shallow, he says, it has no root. The word was preached, and this person, you know, it seems like they, they're like, yes, Jesus, amen, the gospel, live for the kingdom, for heaven. But those truths haven't really sunk deep into their heart. Now, apparently, this actually happens like agriculturally, that if there's not much soil for the roots to go down, the plant will shoot up quicker. And it seems like it's healthy, but under the surface, it is very weak. We need to allow God's word to take deep root into our lives. Again, it's good that we're here to hear God's word, but we want to do more. We want to, we want to listen. We want to engage. But then to do more than that, to meditate on God's Word, to wrestle through it throughout the week and to let the truth really take root in our lives, for it to move us, change our thinking and to change our lives. We don't want them to be truths that we possess. We want them to be truths that possess us. And I feel like this is really the, the, the fight, oftentimes for those who've been Christian for a while, who know truth who know the bible who know the answers the struggle isn't that we we don't we don't know you know that god is real you know that heaven is forever you know that the gospel saves us from sin you know that you're a child of god you know that hell exists and it lasts forever and it's a horrible place we know these things but do these truths really take deep root in our hearts but have they taken a hold of you and gripped you and transform the way that you think? I don't think that's an easy question to answer. We really need to pause and ask ourselves, do I, do I really believe in heaven? And that it lasts forever? And this earth will fade away? Do I really believe this? If we do, it will change us. And if we do, it will sustain us through hardship. This is basically what I said two weeks ago from Psalm 63. If you remember, Psalm 63, we see King David, he's in the wilderness. And yet, if you read the psalm, you wouldn't know it. Because he's filled with joy and confidence. He's praising God. And the reason why he's able to do that is because when life was good, he discovered a truth. Your steadfast love is better than life. That's what he discovered. God's love is better than life. Now, who here as a Christian knows that God's love is everything? Right, yeah, oh God, if I have you, I don't need anything else. And we sing it. That's a truth you know. That's a truth you've grasped. But has that truth grasped you? 
And David really believed that. And so when he goes through the wilderness, because he has God and God's love, he doesn't have the palace and he doesn't have comfort and he doesn't have good food, but he has God. And so he is able to sing. He's able to be confident. He's able to be joyful. The word has taken deep root in his life. So when the sun rises and hardship and trials come, it doesn't wither away. And he endures. And that is where we want to get to. If you truly want to seek first the kingdom, not just for a moment, but throughout your life, you need to allow God's word to take deep root in your life. If you're going through a difficult season right now, does the word of God comfort you? Does the word of God give you hope? Is it where you go to? You know, I feel like... um, As I've pastored, you know, I've noticed like some people when they go through difficult times, like they don't want to hear God's word. And, and I feel like there's, there's timing to this, you know, sensitivity and empathy. And, you know, the first thing you don't want to say is like, do not be anxious about anything you know, and start, you know, bashing them with the Bible. But I, I think there is a, there has to be at a certain point where you need to return to God's word. But there are people that I feel like I've pastored that they never want to hear. They're like, oh, don't tell me. Oh, that's not what I need. And it's never what they need. And sadly, I think when we're like that, you know, the people, I'm, uh, no, no one here, no one here. <laughs> I, I don't think their faith strengthens and grows and they, they, they tend to fall away from church. But maybe that's why they're not here. And I think it's sad. Uh, people who are really passionate at one stage, um, the word really didn't take deep root in their lives. And so this is what we want to make sure we do. Not have a shallow heart and allow God's word to really take deep root. You need to engage with it. You need to really think about it. Uh, this is devotions are coming in. This is where you want to talk with Christian friends. You do one-to-one Bible reading, right, but you want it to take deep root into your life. This is the third soil of the third heart. It's the shared one. Verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. The third soil, it, the seed takes root, it, it begins to grow, but with the soil is, is thorns. And maybe for us, it, we can think of weeds. And the soil is shared both with, I guess, fruit and, and weeds or thorns. And Jesus describes in verse 19 what these thorns represent. It's the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things. Care of the world, deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. It's it's loving this life. It's loving this world. It's sinful pleasures. It's ungodly earthly ambitions. It's a love of money. It's a need of prestige. It's idolizing relationships, right? It's all these things that are not of Christ and the kingdom. Luke 8, uh, he says it's the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life. And I feel like we all wrestle with this to some point. We say, I love you, God, and... And it's the other ands. It's the other things that are creeping into our hearts. I love you, God, and, but I really love this thing. 
I really love this person. I really love my glory. I really love my comfort. I really love success. I really love to be rich. And I feel like our hearts are like a room filled with junk. Oftentimes, we're like, oh, God, I'll give you my heart as long as you don't touch that thing and you leave that thing alone. And whatever space that you might find left in my heart, I'll give it all to you, but, you know, keep these other things there as well. And the reality is our hearts might be stuffed with so much other things that there's very little room left for God. I love you, Jesus, and these other things. But the Bible is pretty clear that our hearts were not made to be shared. Our hearts were not made to love God and money. You will choose one and you will serve one and not the other. To seek the kingdom first means to place Christ and his kingdom above all things. And everything really submits to that one thing. It's, It's understood in light of that one thing so that God and Christ and his kingdom might tell us how to treat all the other things. And maybe sometimes God will say, pluck those other things out of your life. You need to cut that back. You have way too many things going on. Way too many loves. And the question at that point is, will I submit to God's word and listen to him? Or will I turn away from him? This is why Jesus says that if there's too many thorns in our hearts, it will grow up, it will choke the word of God, and it will yield no grain. You know, in the analogy Jesus is giving, our our hearts are like soil. It's like a garden. And if you've ever tended a garden, weeds will always come back. It's like, why don't they ever go away? They will always come back. And I feel like that's our hearts. There's always something trying to creep in. And you might have been good in the previous season, loving Christ, you know, 100%. But over time, something tends to creep in our hearts. We need to be very uh, vigilant and diligent to check our hearts and see if there's other loves there. And then we must be obedient then to pluck them out and surrender them at the foot of God. If you looked at your life, you looked at your heart, you looked at the things that you think about and care about, you thought about where you spend your time and your money, where would that lead you? Would it lead to God? Would it lead to something else? And ask yourself, do I love this thing too much? Jesus says that no one can do both. When the seed and the thorn grows together and you just allow them to kind of keep going to Jesus, I'm going to love you and I'm going to love these other things and it, it'll be okay when they both grow together, the, the, the seed never beats out the thorn. The thorn always will eat up the seed. Right? And so we need to be diligent on this. And the fourth is a suitable heart. You have the sealed heart. It's hard outer layer, apathy, bitterness, criticism. It's, it's um, distraction. And we're just not even allowing the word to take any place. Or you have the shallow heart where the word maybe, you know, you, you listen, but it really doesn't take deep root in your life. And so when struggles come in life, you just, your, your faith doesn't, doesn't survive. The shared soil where you share it with other things in this world And then the last one is a suitable one. Verse 8. Other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up, increasing, yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. 
And this really is describing the heart that is kingdom first. It's a heart that is so for Christ that Christ's word is received and it produces fruit, not just in the person, but really around them for the kingdom. Right? And God takes the glory. Now it's interesting that this soil, it's really not described. It's good soil. That's it. And I wonder if it's because as long as you're not the other ones, you'll be this one. Right? As we fight to not you know, just have a, a heart blocked off to God, as we fight to not allow God's word to only take a little bit of root, as we fight to not share our hearts with other things in this life, we will find that we are the suitable soil. We will find that we're the good soil that will bear much fruit. Jesus says in verse 20, Those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. You know, if you're a farmer and you plant a seed and it bears ten times yield, that is a great harvest. Imagine you planted one seed and it grows, you know, ten corn. Out of one seed, you'll be like, whoa! Think about it, if you plant ten seeds, you get a hundred corn, you take the corn and you plant 100 seeds, you get a large number after that. <laughs> 10 is a lot. But Jesus doesn't say 10, he says 30. He says 60, he says 100. That when our hearts are good and ready, God's word will plant and we will see an abundance of fruit in our lives and through our lives. And the kingdom will be changed through you for the glory of God. Let me close. The scary part of this parable is that only one out of the four soils really is commended by Christ. Only one. Three out of four, 75%, no good. Um, I think if the majority of the soils in this parable need to be checked, there's a good chance that the majority of us need to check our hearts. Right, to take this seriously, because only one out of the four endures till the end. Only one out of the four doesn't get snatched up by Satan's work. Only one out of the four endures through life's difficulties and trials. Only one out of the four resists temptations to love the world and loves Christ above all. Only one out of the four. Jesus says, the road is narrow, right, and only few find it. And so I, I plead with you, Check your heart and see if there is work to be done. Don't assume you're the suitable soil. I feel like we will all assume that, but there's a good chance you're not. If you're like me, there's work to be done in the garden of your heart. And by God's grace, if you lean on his strength, the word will plant. And even right now, as I talk about this, I trust that if your heart is ready and accepting This seed will plant into your heart and God will begin to do a work in you. Maybe it also requires you to get on your knees and do some garden work. Pluck out some weeds and be ready to live for God and to put his kingdom first. This is the battle. I think this is the the greatest arena where we're fighting. It begins in your heart. And then it will go out to the rest of the world for the kingdom of God. So let's close our eyes. And let's reflect and let us pray.
As we reflect and pray, I just, yeah, just simply want to ask which of the four soils seems to reflect the state of your heart today. The great news is that no matter how hardened our heart seems to be, no matter how um, shallow our faith might have been, no matter how um, many idols we have that we love, no matter how much we've sinned, if we would come back to God today in faith and repentance, He will forgive us, He accepts us freely, and He will begin the work to transform you. As so I reflect on the state of your heart, let's approach God in repentance, um, and let's ask God to give us the strength and the courage to make a change so that our hearts might be ready to be transformed and then to transform the world around us. Uh, let's spend some time in prayer. Let's pray.